Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. God helps us not only to make decisions, but to engage in difficult division and ultimately look for ways that we can move forward with hope and immunity together. And so today, we're going to take a look at the Old Testament, the words of the biblical prophet Habakkuk from chapters 1 and chapters 2 selected verses. Hear these words, the oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? and you will not listen, or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contentions arise, so the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart, I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that the runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks to the end and it does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them but the righteousness live by their faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Don't you just love waiting? Don't you love lines? Don't you love queuing up to use the restroom or waiting for your order to come out? Especially love those on-ramp lines, don't you, when you're waiting to get on the highway to get home after a long day? And you have to just sit there and wait. And then there's all kinds of other waiting, right? There's waiting for test results. There's waiting for a diagnosis. There's waiting for a plan to move forward. Waiting to find out if you've been accepted into college. Waiting to find out if you're going to get the job. Waiting. It's so much fun. (laughs) And you'd think that with all the waiting we have to do in this world and in this nation, that people must really enjoy waiting. Waiting on hold waiting for your delivery, waiting at the door for your loved one to come home, right? All of these times in our lives that we wait, and we do so with such joy and bated breath. No, waiting stinks. Nobody likes waiting. Nobody. That's why I can order food on my app and walk into the place, and it's on the counter. Nobody likes waiting waiting. That's why we have valet parking, because you don't want to have to wait to get us parking space. Nobody likes waiting. And if you do, God love you, because I don't understand it. No, I don't like waiting. I like for things to happen. I like for somebody to say, we will seat you now, or for somebody to say, your food is ready. I love those kinds of responses. Not so much the, yeah, it's going to take a little while. Can you be patient? Well, no. No, I can't be patient. That's not one of my spiritual gifts. It's not. In fact, it's probably one of my biggest burdens to bear, is that I'm not very patient. 
I like things to just suddenly happen. That's why I'm really a big fan of the gospel account of Mark. It's like Jesus is walking around and immediately something happens. It's great. There's no waiting. And it's short, so you get to the end faster. It's a great gospel. I commend it to you this day. But the truth is that we are waiting, right? We're waiting for an election. We're waiting for some results, or maybe we're not. Maybe we're waiting for all of this just to be over. Whatever we're waiting for, we find ourselves in phases of waiting, right? And I love how we always tell kids, you know, you just have to be patient. Meanwhile, we're standing there tapping our foot going, seriously, it's been like an hour. And yet the truth is that we have to wait. It's part of life. And Habakkuk, the prophet, was struggling with waiting, right? Here I am. I look at this world. This world seems kind of bad. Let's just be honest. It's not working for me, says Habakkuk. And God, what is going on? Where are you? Because the truth is we know that God can fix things instantly. Calls forth creation with the word instantly, immediately, no waiting. And so why do I have to look around and see a world that is filled with violence and suffering? Why do I have to wait for anything? Why can't Jesus come back now? Jesus knows the way. He's been here before. Can't he come now? Why do I have to wait through all this suffering? And the truth is, we don't know. Let's just be honest. We don't know. I don't have the master plan. And if I did, I don't know that I can read that kind of schematic. But the truth is that we have been given an opportunity. We've been given the chance to redeem our waiting. It can be something wonderful. And I know that that sounds like the biggest lie I've ever told you. But it's true that sometimes in the waiting, God can do incredible, glorious things. And Habakkuk was saying that, that as he stood there at the watch post, waiting, watching for God, says, I will keep watch to see what God will say to me, what the answer will be. And the Lord says, the answer is coming. The answer is coming. So what are we doing in the meantime? Well, I could be standing here complaining. I could be tapping my foot and looking at my watch. I could be wondering why the Mayans couldn't keep the calendar better. I could be doing all kinds of things. But I could also be giving thanks. Because I live in a world where I get to see that God is doing something now. I get to go and be with people who are waiting for test results. And even in the midst of that, their families are gathered with them. They are encountering these moments of deep and profound bond. That God is redeeming that waiting for them. And that no matter what the decision is, no matter what the results say as that family waits together, God is going to be with them and working for them every treatment, every step of the way, leading them to wholeness and healing. I get to see that. I could say, you know, here I am waiting, I'm, you know, biding my time till this election is over and we can talk about something else. And yet yesterday, from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, I got to enjoy the presence of my church members who were here so selfless. People could have been anywhere yesterday. They had lots of things to do. For some people, that was their only day off. And what did they choose to do? They chose to come here and honor and glorify God by taking care of a house of God, 
to take care of everyone else so that they didn't have to go stain things. They didn't have to work with mulch and landscaping. I can't stand landscaping. I'm so glad somebody else did that for me. I'm so glad that I got to see that there are people who really care and are willing to give of themselves selflessly. I was so glad that I got to hang out with about a dozen of our youth yesterday as they were so excited and invigorated to prep their new youth space that they're going to move into, take over, and probably color to the nth degree. I was so glad that I got to see that there are good things going on right now. God is doing good things. And if we have the kind of eyes that are closed off to that because all I see is what God isn't doing the way I want God to do it, then this wait's going to be really long and bad. So the truth is that God is doing things. Every day, God is doing things. Every single moment, God is at work in somebody so that God can be at work through somebody. And our job, our duty as Christians, as believers in the Lord Almighty is to say, what are you going to have me do today? What is it that you want me to do? Because I'm waiting and I'm ready. So what is it that you will have me do? Do you wake up every morning and think to yourself, all right, God, what am I doing today? Or do you get up and go, I'd love to hit that snooze about two more times. And I'd love for somebody to have made me breakfast and maybe I don't have to go to work today. That's an option. You can get up and do that. Or we can get up each morning and say, something is going to happen today. I want to see it and I want to be a part of it. Help me to recognize, Lord, the opportunities that you are opening in my life and in this world. And let me walk with boldness right into it. Let me not hem and haw and wonder if I can do this because you are with me and you are for me. Help me to be with and for someone else. If we didn't want to be bonded together, if we didn't want to be out there working for other people, then we certainly shouldn't congregate together. Right? That's never a good idea. If you don't want to be around people, then you don't go around people. Right? Instead, we choose to come here. Now, some of you may say, I'm only here for God. I'm just tolerating the rest of you. And that's, that's totally possible. Totally possible, legitimate. I will give you space for that. But the truth is that if you just want to come here and hang out with God, you can do that anytime. It's a whole lot of time during the week that you can come in and hang out with God in this space. But instead, we come together because there is something very powerful and profound about being with others who believe as we do, who are struggling as we do, who want to celebrate the goodness like we do. And we come here to sing songs of faith that the rest of the world isn't readily singing. If you listen to the radio lately, it's a little depressing. I feel like we've done a little backsliding with music, too. Like the, the, the beats are just not as bold as they used to be, and the, the harmonies just aren't as enticing. I think I have to blame Skrillex for that. But the truth is that we have an opportunity to gather here and do things that you can't do anywhere else. I play these same songs that we sing in my office, I play them in my car, I play them at my home, but you know what? It's not the same, is it? You can go and, and walk in every room of your home, and you can sing Amazing Grace. 
it will never sound the way it will if you go into a church and you sing an acapella with other believers. Never sound the same. It's so powerful and moving. You can feel the presence, the tangibility of God in that song. I have stood at the graveside and I have sung that song with people who were mourning and it has never meant more than in those moments because we are waiting for that grace. We're waiting for it to be made whole and true in the person that we are burying. And we want it to be whole and true for we who are mourning. And so we sing it with a way and a power and a truth that cannot be replicated when I'm dusting or cooking or hanging out. Instead, we recognize that there is a profound power to the body of Christ. And so we come together. So it is that we worship and we wait together with great anticipation of the future. But we wait. And there is waiting. And the prophet says that God has promised that we will see it soon. That we will see. Have you ever been able to see something long before you actually get there? I've never been to Vegas, but I understand that no matter how you go to Vegas, you can see it long before you get there, right? That it's very light and bright and sparkly. I should probably go to Vegas. I should probably go to Vegas. I like sparkly, glittery things in the night. Sounds very much up my alley. And yet, being able to see something and then knowing that you will get there is helpful, right? It's good to know where you're going, to see it off in the future. We take uh, cruises for vacation in my family because that's the only way I actually get to go on vacation. Otherwise, I'm on my computer and on my phone and there's just no internet and cell phone on the cruise ship. It's a good thing. And so as we do this and we, we leave one port and we head out to another, when you can see it in the distance, you get excited, right? There's the Bahamas. It's way out there, but I can see it. And you start to get excited. And then when I start to get excited, I start to want to do things, right? I get, I get movement. And there's energy. And suddenly my productivity goes through the roof. And I believe that that is what God is calling forth from us. Look forward at the picture that the prophets have painted of the kingdom of God. Look forward to the promises that Jesus has given us of a day when we won't be mourning and crying and in pain and suffering anymore. Look forward to that. And keep your eye on that truth and move toward it incrementally, day by day, trial by trial, tribulation after tribulation. Move forward to that image and stay grounded in that hope. And we wait, but we do not wait alone. Not only is God present with us in our waiting, but we are here for one another. And every single one of us we are all waiting on something different. There are things immediately in our life that we are waiting for, but we don't wait alone. That's why people send me emails and messages and, and say things to me at the door about, I'm waiting for this test result, or I'm waiting to find out if I got this job. What they're saying is, wait with me. Pray with me. Be with me. Wait with me. I'm not the only qualified waiter in this congregation. Let us wait with one another. Let us share each other's burdens. Let us be there in any way that we can. 
so that as these days go and as we have things that we are holding on to with every fiber of our being, let us know that we are not holding on alone, but that there are others who are willing to grab on with us and be present. That's the gift of the church. And long before the church of Jesus Christ ever began, God gave us the means by which to hold that hope and wait together. Now today, in a little while, we are going to be in a period of prayer. And you will have the opportunity to come forward and be anointed. And not only is anointing a sign of blessing, not only do we anoint as a sign of God's healing inwardly, spiritually, and physically, but we anoint to know that God is present in our waiting. So whatever it is that you are waiting for, you do not wait alone. May your anointing this day be a reminder that God is with you and that in the time between now and the answer or the event, that God is here. God is working for you. And no matter what comes in your days ahead, God will never leave you, never forsake you. You will not be abandoned. If anything, God is working in other, other beings, other members of your faith to surround you and uphold you in a way that will never be duplicated outside of the church. This is who we are and to what we are called. Let us still our beings and clear our minds and prepare to encounter the Lord of all redemption and creation, the one who has come to us in word and in being, in grace and truth, and is ready to bestow on each of us once more this gracious gift of blessing. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.